Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my gosh, we're back in a post-game show? Wow! Feels like a winner's life. It's been so long since we had a post-game show, you guys. Can't wait to talk about the Denver Nuggets. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. It's not a winner's lounge. It's not a winner's lounge. Not a loser's lounge. Guys, instant reaction. As we find out, the Denver Nuggets will be taking on the Miami Heat in their first ever NBA playoffs. Here to break it all down, I got the whole squad with me over there. Superstar Dev. I just cannot believe that we're here. We're finally at the moment. Uh, Denver Nuggets are going to play basketball again, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Well, we're not at the moment, though, man. Actually, you said that, but we got days. Long time. I didn't think about it. (laughs) You jumped the gun a little bit. Uh, Over here, I got D-Line Co. Yo, it is nice to finally know who the Denver Nuggets will be playing in the NBA Finals in Denver, Colorado, where they will be the home court advantage holding team. Let's go. The best. Oh man, there's so many things to get into. I gotta save all my takes. And then over here, the happiest man in the entire world, and honestly, the most relieved man. Don't don't yeah, kid yourself. The most this relieved. Is more relieved. Man. <laughs> Two things go hand in hand. <laughs> Brendan Vote, the ultimate Celtics hater slash Jason Tatum hater. Brendan Vote. There goes college soccer. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a town reference. For those of you that are really on. Wow. Everything, no, that was actually a good joke. You guys just. Yeah, well, you know, it sounds like it was. Yeah. I've only watched it once this week. That's my problem. Yeah, yeah you're not like Joe going to get it up to four. Four times. watch it tonight. On are rookie numbers. Uh, I mean, I'm going to give you the floor first, man, because we're going to obviously in today's show, we're going to break down what we think about this matchup, uh, kind of give some player by player matchups. Who's going to be good in this series? Who's not going to be good? Or who's going to have a hard matchup? But I got to give you the floor, man. I got to let you cook. How, how does it. First of all, heat up 3-0. Mm-hmm. You started going. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been talking shit for a year and a half. I have. It's not like you've been couching yourself. But then they blow game game four. Then they blow game five. Game six is ugly. You know what? I started to get nervous, and then I remembered last year. You know, they made it all the way to the finals, and I was still right. So there's no reason to back out in game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. I actually did think Miami was going to win this game. Really? Uh, I did, yeah. I did. It feels great. It feels great. It's mostly relief because now I get to actually just do my job and cover the Nuggets in the finals. I'm actually excited to not hear you talk yeah, about the Celtics. I, yeah. I enjoyed the bit, yeah, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited no, for it to go well, I was gonna back have in to the drawer. Not do the bit and like be actually upset. Um, but this is really good, man. This is a like some things are good versus evil. You know what I mean? And <laughs> for it to not be the Lakers or the Celtics, and yeah. for everyone to have to figure out how to cover this finals, this is good. Uh, some people are going to tell you this is bad for basketball. They're wrong. This is great for basketball. 
it's a great day. It's a great day to be a fan of hoops. It's a great day to be a Nuggets fan. I love this. And there's so many different layers. We'll spend this first part just kind of doing, I don't want to call it victory lap, but just kind of enjoying the moment. I got to say, D-Line, because Denver is the team that everybody's like sad when they succeed or whatever, <laughs> I'm so happy for a Heat Nuggets finals. Yes. I am so happy for how much it pisses off the Coastal guys. Yeah, well, just to start, Miami is on a coast. Oh, I've never been. been. I had never been. So All, they are on the East Coast. Really? Yeah, that's right. On the water. Yeah, uh, they are on the water. Uh, okay. Uh, they are. They are a glamour market. I don't yeah, know if you hear that also. A glamour. Uh, there are going to be uh, a lot of people shifting their big market focus onto uh, Southern Florida, which is going to feel terrible. <laughs> I don't know. There's one thing that you're not thinking about. Let's here. hear it. Let's hear it. Um, it's Miami and Denver, two of the most boring teams in basketball. There's oh, not going to so be boring. much for anybody to be able yeah. to talk about. Here, um, it's <laughs> a rough time. Only there time. was some compelling, something compelling about it. Uh, you keep going. You were going to say something about this glam market, or yeah. Well, I just mean, uh, you know, we are like we're not completely like it, it's not Denver versus Indiana, yeah, or like Denver versus you know like Toronto or something. It is Denver versus now what will be everyone's adopted. I mean, everyone from New York ultimately goes to Miami to retire. So is that but, true? Yes. Yes, if you live in Boston, which I have, if you live in New York, the <laughs> people I met in Boston have been to two places. They have been to uh -huh. Boston and Miami and literally nowhere else. <laughs> I'm telling you, nowhere else. The, the, going on road trips is not a thing in the East Coast. Really? It's not a thing. Uh, I met a lot That's of people. That's such a great thing in life. I know. The road trip, I love the road trip, man. Listen. That's I, among my favorite things to do, actually, is a road I, it trip. Is, it, it represents teenage freedom. It and is. like uh, You're right yeah. about Learning that the, the world is bigger than just a small little, uh, you know, like corroded hole that you grew up in. But most people in Boston don't have that afforded to them. Yeah. They only see Boston. Anyway, so we're not... I, I'm going to be surprised if people actually are on the side of the Denver Nuggets. I think that there's just something inherent about the NBA and Miami that's like kind of like, you know, like everybody talks about Miami and the NBA. So I, I love it, honestly. Like we're going to continue to be underdogs in the minds of most people. I love it. A another angle of this that make is fun... The Nuggets took the last month of the season off. We all remember that, right? They, yes. were, they went 7-10 and 10 to close the year, and there was a section of people, and I understood. I don't want to like laugh at these people because, honestly, it was a real take to say, why isn't Denver concerned about home court advantage in the finals? Why are you only concerned about home court in the West? Turns out, doesn't effing matter. Denver has home court in the finals, despite having the fourth-best record. It couldn't have broken better. Denver rested. They're healthy for the playoffs, which led them to more rest because they dominated the Western Conference. And now here they are getting to host home court as well. At To this point, Dev, they've had their cake and they're about to eat it too. Yeah, I mean, really that's the biggest portion of, you know, taking off that much time is you get to go into the playoff hunt healthy. Like that was the difference between, you know, the last couple of years is um, are they going to win games? Yes, they did that. They also got first um, in the West. So you'll handle those things when you get there. But now it's just like, hey, they're going to take it all in. They're healthy. They're going against a team that's not as healthy because they had to fight um, and go through this, which, I mean, it's admirable um, for sure. But Denver got exactly what they wanted. And now those people, how they tried to rub it in and they were going to rub it in that way, I hope it gets rubbed right back in there. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm into those type of things. I mean, big deal here, Denver getting home court advantage. I mean, that was part of the story is if they didn't get it and the Celtics, if Celtics would have won tonight, it would have felt like, damn. It's a huge deal. It I feel huge. confident the Nuggets are better than the Celtics. 
Uh, easy to say now, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I felt confident, but that the home court is the issue, especially because the biggest thing that changes, in my opinion, and, and probably objectively from home court to home court, is how the role players shoot. The Celtics like to hit a lot of threes. They need Al Horford, Derek White, the likes of those guys to hit their threes. Grant Williams, if he plays, far more likely to happen in Boston, right? So that was my concern, was going in there, having the rest advantage, but losing the math game. I know it's our favorite word. Uh, not a concern anymore. Yeah. Not a concern. I'm also just happy for, again, because we complain a lot. We play this note a lot, and maybe we play it too much, but we play a lot of the, if you tell good stories throughout the year as a media, larger media contingent, then you're prepared for anything because you're prepared for whatever. But I like the story of this Miami Heat team because they're tough as nails, man. They are yeah. the only team in the playoffs. I mean this sincerely. The only team in the playoffs that are as tough as Denver. Denver out-tough. Part of what it was, they outskilled, they outplayed, they out-connected. Out Their best players were better than the other teams of best players. But they also were just tougher. And I feel like that's the one thing about the series that I look at and I go, no, man, Miami's not going to fold. They're not going to like fall down and give yeah. it to Denver. They're not going to get tired and not know how to play through fatigue. They're going to... They're going to fight tooth and nail, and, and I kind of like that the two toughest teams are the ones that made it through. Yeah, it's that toughness and also uh, the adversity that they've had to overcome. A lot of times, Denver has went into these series as the underdog. Yep. They're into the series as they did not believe in us. These are two teams that no one believed in. This is you know a Miami team that had to go into the play-in. Um, they've lost people throughout the way. Um, they have a, a guy in Jimmy Butler um, who everyone has doubted, but he has proven that he really is like that. So um, I love that it is two teams um, with a great, you know, great head coaches, great players, great star. Um, but all of it is we have to work for that. Yeah. Um, I, what else do you like about this matchup? Before we get into the individual parts of it, just the narrative parts, I should say. Oh, as far as the narrative parts. I mean, a little bit, I mean, we touched on this earlier, a little bit of like the heat being coming from rags to riches story is pretty fabricated. They were in the, <laughs> they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They were in the finals the year before that. They just took this year off completely. They did what people said Denver did. Right. They just had injuries. Um, I am very surprised though, that they were able to come back. Like the, the way the team is constructed, like I don't. It's just like a, it's like eight of the same guy running out around there. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's just so many. The, the thing that's, I suppose, cool about the Miami Heat is like just the sheer number of undrafted players, like unknowns, you know, that are put around like one of the bigger stars. Uh, he's able to, you know, carry them. But, you know, most of this series was not Jimmy Butler just like going ham. It was like Caleb Martin. It was like Gabe Vincent. It was like these guys who were like, you don't, Really, Max Struess, like right. Duncan Robinson, right. these guys you like don't really know who they are, and I, for the same reason that I love that the NBA has to now learn who the Denver Nuggets are, I guarantee they have to know, learn who Max Struess is. Yeah. They have to learn who Duncan Robinson. They have to like learn who these guys are because they weren't focusing on them at all. And these guys are all entering the finals feeling confident. You know, Duncan Robinson, who not that long ago was looking like it was going to be a long summer for him after being out of the rotation. Now he's back in. Everyone talked about those threes he missed, but he, he was three of six that night. He had some big shots in this series. Him, Struess, particularly Martin, of course, and Vincent. All of these guys are empowered and confident right now. So they're, you know, they're all guys you have to take seriously. Here's another narrative I love about it. Two of the longest tenured coaches in the NBA. Yeah. And Michael Malone, by the way, spoke about this today at 
Denver Nuggets media availability about, hey, and he's called back something we have alluded to all the, you know, before. He calls back to game 82 and even kind of referenced the fact that he right. thought maybe I'd get fired. We didn't, our goal was to make the playoffs. We didn't make the playoffs. We fell in the last moment in overtime in the final game. And he said, Josh Kroenke put his arm around him and, and said, said, get man. the hell out of here. No, he said, no. man, look at how good our young right. guys, Jokic and Murray, look how good they were under pressure. I'm what a successful season. Like we didn't make the playoffs, but, but I like the vision. It's another narrative I like. There's continuity between both of these teams, yep. to your point, and there is coaching staffs that the organization stuck through despite wins and losses and heartbreaks and this yeah. or that. The organization said, no, man, we're not one of those teams that just changes every time something happens, we changes. They stuck with it, and here we are being rewarded. Get, get you an owner that has five, six, seven teams to pay attention to. So, like, <laughs> when they lose, they're like, oh, eh, you know, it's looking great. And then they just focus on the Rams or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Mark Are Cuban's you talking like, about the Mammoth who are currently, like, <laughs> yes, did one are, went away from yes. the championship? Yeah, yeah. But, like, you have, like, the ability to see the fours for the trees when it's not your sole focus in life. Like, Mark Cuban, if that happens, he's like, oh, we got a clean house. Yeah. We got a clean, we had a goal. We didn't hit it. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love it. And then, I mean, well, Mickey Harrison, you know, he's Carnival Cruise. So he only owns one team, but I, th I think for a while I followed him on Twitter or something, you know, like early days of Twitter. And that guy would be like every now and then Miami Heat, it was with LeBron and them, like winning trophies and stuff. And then every other picture was Bahamas. I'm in the Bahamas today. I'm in Jamaica. I was like, man, this guy has a life. This is crazy at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Wake me up when we're in the finals. His bad weeks are when he's in Miami watching his basketball team win championships. Yeah, he's I like, can't relate. Oh, I kind of feel that way right now. Yeah. He's like, man, I wish I was on a water slide right now. You mentioned, I mean, honestly, <laughs> so one thing about this series that I find funny, you talked about the names. The First of all, people know Max Struess, man. He's been around for a while. It's a good point because of how, like, foreign he feels, you know, or this or that, and all those guys. But the real name he should have gone to was Haywood Highsmith. I didn't know that name. I, I was unable <laughs> to go to that name. Haywood Highsmith <laughs> played real minutes for them in the series. And by dead. the way, is going to be one of the players we talk about having to guard Jokic. I mean, they're guys. We're going to get to this in the next Ooh. one. But it's Bam Adebayo, Kevin Love, and Haywood Highsmith. So even the guys who are going to have key jobs in this series are guys that even you didn't know about. <laughs> Those are names that are made up, I'm pretty sure. They have yeah. Zeller over there, too, right? They do have Zeller. He's, they, he's below him. They got some warriors to throw at them. Um, <laughs> those are just those are names. like. But really, that also goes to show like how incredible of a feat that they really have. If Those are the guys that you have to go with um, over there um, with yeah. Miami. Um, Heat, so it's good that they got there. Heat culture versus we don't skip steps? Oh, man. It's awesome. It's actually awesome. I know there's a lot of jokes about heat culture, but there's something to it. Yeah. Uh, this team exemplifies it in a lot of ways. And I know that the heat actually largely messed around and, and weren't great in the regular <laughs> season, but I think they were facing adversity. And ultimately, two teams built on continuity, culture, and knowing who they are uh, and playing as a team are in the finals. It's such a beautiful result as we wondered how it would go here as we walked maybe away from the true super team era, right? The, the, actual super teams what would the league look like this is so great this is what people clamored for yeah. at least the hardcore Parody, fans. baby it's awesome what would you say that the i hear heat culture all the time what are the cornerstones of heat culture oh, there, no so here's one of the real ones you the accountability players you know it's it's in the nba there's a lot of like if you don't establish that early and most don't your players run the show. They tell yes, you, no, I don't want to play tonight. Or they tell you, like, they come in a little overweight, and it's like, yeah, but I'm the star. Let me do this. Don't the, the, Kyle Lowry? <laughs> no, well, but no, here's the thing about the Miami Heat. Allegedly, Pat Riley will literally grab a guy by the belly 
in like training camp and stuff just to see how oh man how like how much weight he's carrying into the play like they'll shame you into like hey man you got to get rid of this yeah. basically just but riley you could also do that when you're like a hall of famer like yeah if, if, oh, you of know course. when you've you put in all the work to do that also eric spolstra's <laughs> brad stevens you know that. from you know the backs the backs of the you know right the, the video rooms and things yeah. like the video rooms and then you get to this point so they earn it in such a different way and then also um, you talk about the the, the parody um, and things like that. These are two stars who are unselfish. Like Jimmy Butler just wants his guys to win. He's going right. to do anything to win. True. Jokic is going to do anything to win. So you have that type of culture on both sides um, where you can, you know, do those type of things. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, I think it's I think it's a great one. If you had Reed ready to go, probably not. Uh, yeah, we got we got. I think it's going to be a really. Uh, I think it's a great matchup for Denver. We'll get into it next, but. I do think that when you look at the 76ers, the Bucks, the Celtics, as great and as flawed as those teams clearly were, as we Yo. saw in this, I still feel like the Heat were the team that had the matchup that I just liked. I like when Jokic has somebody that he has tra- had success with traditionally. Oh I God. like when Murray has you know a matchup that... Uh, you know, he can be perceived as favorable, although it'll be a little bit harder for him. And Aaron Gordon. We're going to get to all of those guys and more and kind of go line by line and talk about pluses and minuses to the se- uh, series in the next segment. But let's take our first break. I Woo! called these guys after game six. They said this doesn't count, uh, but I'm talking about Bacchus and Shanker, oh. Colorado's secondary premiere, two game, two man game. No offense, but the Nuggets are in the finals, fellas. But you guys are up there. Bacchus and Shanker, they win for Colorado families, helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. Here's the deal the reason, the large reason you probably haven't called a lawyer when you need to in a circumstance like this, there's two. You either can't remember their number or you're worried that. Uh, you're not going to make money, and they're going to make money off of you. That's the thing about Bacchus and Shanker. They don't charge you until they win your case, and they do win cases. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients, and also they have the easiest number in the history of podcast ad reads. Call Bacchus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Give them a call. Uh, Remember, they're not going to charge you until they've won you money. It's worth your time. Bacchus and Shanker, they win. Let's go. You know what else is worth your time? What's that? Uh, taking a little time to make sure that you're comfortable, attractive. Okay. What's the word I'm looking for? Manscaped uh, before you leave the uh, house. Uh, Summer's skate? coming. Make sure that summer bod is ready. It's not just about doing push-ups, fellas. It's also about a little male maintenance. You yeah, know what dude. I mean? The, perfor- the performance package 4.0. Also Pat, known- dude, if Pat Riley's going to be grabbing your belly, make sure it's hairless. That's right. That's a so big true. part of heat <laughs> culture he is... Uh, He's like, like Jesus. So hairy, dude. Manscaped. <laughs> I keep slipping. Have you not known about heat culture? That's we right. manscaped here, dude. Heat culture is trimming your balls and using the Weed Whacker 2.0. To, <laughs> but it's also nuggets culture. You know when like your uncle has those thick, hairy nose hairs? In yeah, it is. As a kid, yeah. Like, That's gross. You should get the Weed Whacker. I think I might be the uncle yeah i am now too that's the thing anyway but i do have the nose things and everything conversely i remember my uncle was just smooth just hairless and smooth i was like that's that's my uncle right there that was a memory i don't think we needed (laughs) look at that that uncle of mine (laughs) all right don't click that uh get 20 percent off plus free shipping from the man who brought you the stroke and uncle get 20 percent off plus free shipping with code dnvr at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off plus free shipping with code dnvr at manscaped.com having the right tools for grooming is essential to yourself and your man a favor upgrade your self-care all right let's get into this matchup now for the denver nuggets so first off you have to start with the big fella nikola Jokic. you Ooh. have to start with him because everything starts there 
You guys, I'm, I'm going to skid out in front of it. I'm really confident in the series and the Nuggets. I just love the matchup. I love the way Denver's playing, all that stuff. My biggest fear is that I'm so confident. And it starts from the point of Bam is a great defender. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA. But I always say, guys like Bam, and this is true of even like the Draymonds. Draymond's an all-around defender. He's an all-time defender. I'm not trying to knock him. But these guys that are not true bigs, they're just big guys that can play the versatility of today's NBA so much tinier than Jokic. And you notice it every time. Yeah. Jokic seems unbothered when he plays against Bam Adebayo. And as we mentioned earlier, they don't necessarily have, I mean, we'll see. Spolster's a great coach, but they don't have the pieces to be able to say, we're going twin towers in this one. I mean, maybe it's Kevin Love with Bam roaming. Maybe it's the high tower. But to me, I don't. it doesn't seem that way. And I like it because I look at it and I go, I think Jokic has a phenomenal matchup and can beat the, the Heat in multiple ways Individually, meaning he play his game in multiple ways. That's why I love this matchup. It scares me how confident I am um, in that specific yep. matchup. And that's the best matchup that they have going for them. Yep. He's their best defender, and that's a tough spot to be in because we've seen Jokic versus Gobert, generational defender. We've seen Jokic versus Anthony Davis, generational defender. We're now seeing him against Bam, very good defender. He destroyed the first two. What do you think he's going to do to this guy that's not a center? And also, he's going to have to be in help side a lot, you know, a lot of times. He's also going to have to stay out of foul trouble. They have no backups behind him. He's lunch meat. This is going to be a rough spot for them. Um, as hard as he's going to work, he can't overcome one of the best offensive players of all time with size. Yep. Rough. Yeah, man, like the Heat are... Uh, they have a, a little bit of a math problem. <laughs> like, are they are <laughs> they going to have to double Jokic? And they probably are going to have to double Jokic, which is like, okay, Jamal Murray is now wide open. Michael Porter Jr. is now wide open. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope is wide open. Um, there's just, it puts them immediately behind the eight ball, the Heat, with just the fact that Nikola Jokic is so much more dominant than any player that they've faced leading up to this. And... They're going to have to, you know, figure out, I mean, whether it's going to be zone. They're going to have to get creative. They're not just going to be able to go one-on-one. -on -one. And if they do, I mean, Jokic is going to score 40 points a game minimum. They so. were so good against the zone. That's the big Just because of, of how they're set up. They have a unselfish superstar with shooters all around them. Yep. That is a, that is a tough spot to be in. Tough spot. One right of the best teams in the NBA versus the zone against an undersized team that really can't score a bunch of points. To that point, Dev, our guy uh, Matt Moore on Twitter, Denver Nuggets were the number one offense versus the zone, both in the regular season and the playoffs and across the two combined. So that's, you know, those are the early basketball reasons you start to get excited. What's, what's the follow-up tweet where he picks the heat? Shit <laughs> <laughs> out there, no. Uh, we love you, Matt. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing is we know a lot of things from regular season matchups don't carry over. I think both Heat and Nuggets fans know Bam cannot guard Jokic. Then the next thing they would like to do is zone, and I, that hasn't worked so far against the Nuggets. Malone and his staff, the team, they get from now until Thursday morning, I think, to prepare. And I would wager, fellas, that a lot of that preparation includes how are we going to attack his own defense? Yeah, there's no question about it. And the other thing about Bam is he's both good as a post defender you know they're counting on him to be the like hey go guard the other team's big and do a good enough job but they're also asking him to 
plug up the paint and protect the rim and be this help side guy. And I just think both of those things, he's going to be in a pickle in this yeah. series. If he does somehow have success on Jokic inside, Denver's so good at moving now to the outside game. And now who's the, the next guy in there? But let's just go over some numbers here real quick. Jokic this season against Miami Heat, 24 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, 9 of 14 shooting. Then the other game, oh, no, this is last year. Uh, by the way, <laughs> plus 17. And then uh, 25 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, triple-double, 10 of 14 shooting, 71%. By the way, plus and 14. That, and none of those are playoff Jokic numbers. Those are not playoff. Those are regular Jokic. Then you go 27, 12, and 8, 12 of 14 shooting. <laughs> like, guys, that's 86% shooting he had yeah. in that game with a 27, 12, and 8 game. And then 19, 12, and 12, the triple-double on 8 of 15 shooting. He was off that night. He only shot 53%. Man, that's that night sucked. Plus 14, though. So, again, it was kind of a dominant yeah, Jokic performance. That's, that's regular season Jokic, too. Yeah. Reading the court going, yeah. okay, I should shoot this one. As opposed to playoff Jokic, who's going to go, I'm doing this until you switch it up. Because that doesn't work. It, it was also, to be fair... Play our regular season heat. And Spolstra had a really good quote. I don't remember when it was about guarding. I think it was when they played about guarding Jokic. And he was like, you know, it's a team we only see twice, so it's hard to like do anything yeah. special for you. Just and this is true. When you play interconference games, it's usually just us. We run our base stuff, you run your base stuff, and you don't adjust. Nonetheless, the numbers are what they are, and he absolutely dominates that matchup. So do we feel I mean, is there a case? I, again, we don't want to be just a Homer podcast here. Is there a case where it's like, no, man, this matchup might actually maybe this is harder for Jokic than people realize. I mean, the the fact that they have Spolstra like that also does have to worry you. Like he's one of the best um, coaches in, in the in the entire yeah. NBA. He also sees those same type of things, so he is going to give them different looks. Um, I don't know if they have the personnel um, to, to to give them that, but. I mean, I'm sure he, the the plan has to be, um, as it is always, make someone else beat you. Yeah. Denver has the guys for that. that that's I'll, what makes it. I'll play devil's advocate here, D-Line. Tell me what you think of this. The thing they don't have, I, I don't think enough of, the other thing that causes Jokic problems is length. If you're able to have four guys guarding the passing lanes on Jokic, then he can turn it over, and it's just a little bit harder. But they don't necessarily have that. But what they do, when you said personnel, there's one thing they have. The other key to beating Jokic is or to, to slowing him down is multiple looks never give the same look yeah. like try to change it up so that he's constantly having to guess and i do think they have that i don't know how effective any one thing right. they'll throw right, at him right, will right. be but i do think they have a smart team a disciplined team and a team that has played a lot of different defensive styles so they might be able to switch it up not even quarter by quarter but sometimes within a quarter yeah, I mean, it's they they're going to have to get creative i also think that at a certain point they're just going to be like well we're going to let Jokic, we're going to have to just go mano y mano, let Jokic score, try to shut down the three-point line, and then they themselves are going to have to just hope that they are hot as hot as the sun from behind three, which they have been like from time to time. It's just, it's not a great strategy because it's not sustainable generally, but you know, that, that is how they're going to be able to steal a game if they are able to steal a game or two is just through their outside shooting. I mean, they... Our outside shooting is, is good. Theirs is great at times. It really depends on on when you catch them. Um, but if they get it into just you know one of those like old, like those Warriors shooting matches, like and then you know they're allowing Jokic to just sort of do his work, it becomes a, a little bit of what I came up with just now a math problem. Three more <laughs> than two. And yeah, I mean the Heat have this roster that maybe isn't conventionally talented in the way a contender always is, or I don't know, maybe they just had a tough regular season, but. 
it's not the most talented roster in the NBA. They do have championship DNA, though. They are made of the right stuff. And so that focus Denver's been talking about, that we've been talking about, that we've seen throughout the whole playoffs, let's be reasonable and fair, we've seen it. Uh, it has to be there. Like, if the Nuggets come out and they play this like it's anything less than the finals, which I'm not expecting, the Heat are the... You know, for whatever they don't have, they're not just going to flounder anymore. Yeah, they're not going to sure. come out flat. They're going to come ready to play, ready to compete, compete, especially coming out of that series where you got to feel like, you know, as good as the Nuggets are, like we just got stabbed a thousand times and we're still standing, you yeah. know, so bring it on. Another thing is, I mean, this is a team that obviously relies on their defense and their defense ability. In the regular season, they were 13 and 43 when they allowed 111 or more points. So they don't almost like you they gave up 111 points they almost never won this is one of my things with denver denver not a great defensive team in the regular season in the postseason has been good enough they've been very impressive in that they could get stops when they needed and they've been versatile enough to guard a lot of different types of teams but the thing is is nobody can stop denver and denver when they're locked in and playing the way they do they're scoring high number of, uh you know high numbers so i just look at this and i go denver can have a off night offensively and get 108 Yep. 109. Yep. And I just look at this and I go, Miami, that's where I think they're going to have a hard time. Is I just think Yoke's going to generate good looks for them, for Denver. And I think Miami just, you saw tonight, man. It was a grind for man, them to score. I'm, do, I'm doing my best to be, as we all are, measured in this. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to be clipped and memed and, you know, should things go the wrong way. Like, I, just, I, I mean, I, I don't see it. Like, I, I don't see how the Heat have a path here. Like, I really don't. Like, Obviously, the game is played by human beings, so right, everything right. is fallible. You know, it's not just matchup dependent. Like anything can happen, really. Like when the when the ball is tipped off, but man, uh, just on paper, and it, it's the thing is, it's, it's so simple. It's like the way that Harrison Wind was able to break down last series uh, with just a single sentence, like who's guarding Jokic? Like, who, like, what is the answer for Nikola Jokic? Like, there, Nikola Jokic is so dominant at this stage in his, his career and his development that it is, you can look just at him being part of the series and be like, well, that's the analysis. There it is, right there. And, and the difference, like, Jimmy Butler has also been, I mean, Jokic and Jimmy Butler are probably the two best players in the playoffs, you know, so far. But Jimmy, it's almost been more spectacular. You yeah. know, he's had some spectacular yes. moments, stepped up big. Jokic has also had spectacular moments, stepped up big. The difference is, in cruise control, he's the best player on the court. You know, he's just been yes. the best player every quarter, and then he's awesome when it's needed. Um, so I think there's that. Here's another. Let's go to Aaron Gordon, though, because I actually think this is the second reason I'm most important. Before we get to the Murray parts of this, where I think there are some compelling defensive assignments and this or that, you, if you're not big enough to be able to put that second defender where he's roaming, then okay, then you're guarding him straight up. But now Aaron Gordon beasts guys who are undersized. If you have a power forward that is not, you know, an enormous Kevin guy. Love, baby. <laughs> and that's what I look at it. And look, they might be able to put a Kevin Love out there at times. They're going to be able to throw some guys out there that make the, you know, guard the perimeter or this or that. But if you're talking about Jimmy Butler and Caleb Martin being your four. Caleb Martin, who's, by the way, I think the highest plus minus in the NBA in the playoffs. He's been so valuable to yeah, him. Yeah, he's been great. If he has to guard Aaron Gordon... He's given up so much strength. <laughs> and it's not even just the strength. Because, I mean, Caleb Martin has been incredible. He was he won them that game today. Yeah. I love, I, he's Off, there, Bruce Brown, man. I love his game. But on the defensive end, he's given up strength. He's 6'5", 205 pounds. This is a guy that just battled with a center. 
LeBron James, <laughs> Kevin Durant, <laughs> who put his and forearm into his yeah, and throat. now he's going after Caleb Martin with an advantage. This is the first time that he truly has an advantage. That's it. Um, in a play that has to feel good for him not to just work extremely hard the entire time. Also, this is the first time that he can just like just straight up play a guy, um, the like defense, not just help side the entire time, not with help side behind him the entire time. And that's been a big part of the Heat's offense is how good Caleb Martin has stepped up in um, the playoffs. Now he's going into a final uh, series, his first one ever, um, against Aaron Gordon. Finally, an advantage. I love it, but yeah. so. Are we Aaron Gordon's probably guarding Jimmy, right? Uh, I think that's probably that's his probably, case. Yeah. Who do we think he could? No, no. I'll say Jimmy. Who do we think guards Caleb Martin? I mean, uh, Aaron it, Gordon. Who do we think guards Caleb Martin? Maybe, maybe that's KCP. Honestly, Ke- here's the thing. Caleb Martin is KCP size. That's yes. the thing. That's the that's same. What is Caleb? What did you say? 205? 6'5", 205. Look up KCP real quick, because I'll bet you it's the exact same height weight, which is crazy. It is wild. Yeah. I, I, Dev made a great point about AG, though, who I think has had to do a lot of heavy lifting for three rounds. Dirty work. But he's played in the mud, right? And I think this might be a series where he gets to play in the air a little bit more. Feast in the dunker spot. Just be too strong, yeah, too big. Uh, the biggest guy on the floor is Bam. He's likely going to be, to some extent, preoccupied by Jokic, whether he's on him or not. And, uh, yeah, it should be Jokic, <laughs> AG should get to, to play in the air and not the mud in this series. And that's big time, man. And that... I'm happy for him because I think he's had to do a lot of the uh, ultimately thankless but difficult work. I think that you're wrong about Caleb Martin. He's bigger than KCP by a pound. By one pound? A pound. <laughs> Adam sucked, Adam sucked <laughs> man, this job. Man, I was job. so far off, man. I was I'm off on this one. Same exact size. But do have Bam Adebayo now. Because I want to... He's... Because I think Aaron Gordon is closer to Bam Adebayo than he is to any of these other guys, which the point again yeah, is... Aaron if Gordon you, is stronger than Bam Adebayo. Then they're center. I mean, maybe equal. I'll call them equal or something. But I, maybe not. But my point is, is that you're talking about the ability. Like, if you said, if, if you were talking about KCP has to guard Bam in the series, we'd be like, I don't know, man. That's a huge mismatch. But that's essentially what you're getting at if you say a Caleb Martin is going to have to be on him. So I think this is a huge series for Aaron Gordon. Yes, it's going to be a challenge guarding Jimmy Butler defensively. Although I'll say this. I actually think he's the type of player Aaron Gordon is best that. at. Not necessarily a quick burst. Yeah, not fast. Not a super fast. Not like the pull-up guy that can get him off balance and get the pull-ups like a Devin Booker. He's a guy that's going to use his footwork, his strength, his craftiness. And Aaron Gordon is just really smart against craft. Yeah, it's, it's similar take. to Kawhi in that way. Yep. That's like, why he's not him well. Right. Like, I mean, they, their games are not identical, obviously. like Kawhi's uh, better. Kawhi is better, but... You, you're able to Less see, winner, yeah, like the yeah, the quickness, the, the yeah, like it's uh, it's it's ISO, but it's not blow by. It's right. just like you know, um, yeah. I, I mean, you're right. That's a that's a great that's a great point. Adebayo six nine two fifty. What, what's Aaron Gordon? It's about the same. Size. Six nine two fifty. About. I bet he's only like two thirty five or yeah. so. Two thirty. And These it's guys changed on Bam. His like was at like two forty. Went oh, up to two fifty. Yeah. I'm sure playing weight is two forty. Yeah, but they're going to be close, man. They're, I mean, they're not going to be that far off. Any final thoughts on Aaron Gordon's matchup in That's this one? One-inch difference. <laughs> uh, Aaron Gordon's going to have a great match. Great. I mean, I would the, love the for th- him to have a great series. The thing about the Nuggets just sort of in general is that they are just so much bigger than the Heat everywhere. Yeah. Center. I mean, it, it, the, the front court is where it shines the most. It's just we got Aaron Gordon and we've got Nikola Jokic. Those two guys alone could just absolutely carve out so much room Order in the six, paint. 11, too. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and then the, you're not even thinking about guys like 
MPJ, who's much bigger than any other. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's. So we love the front court matchup. We think that one will be a solid one. Yeah. Aaron Gordon six eight two thirty five. So if you really yeah. look at the at, at this, he's exact. You know, I mean, he's the same size as Bam. He's Bam's closer. Bam's gonna Bam. have to go into this like a. Um, a prize ma- like fight yeah. where he has to just pick up as much weight as possible between now and then Jokic <laughs> in these two days and then hope that it doesn't mess up with like his uh, agility and running and stuff. Yeah. And the other thing too is Aaron Gordon has had a training camp to rest here and Jimmy Gordon, you know, was just Leonidas in the 300, you know, the guy's Gordon. ready to go to bed for a month. So there, there's, a, there's a lot to that, too. I mean, the, the rest advantage is absolutely huge here. There, there's no two ways about it. So right. I, I just want to say really quickly, I have a lot of respect for the Heat. This isn't yeah. like, oh, eight seed, it's a, it's a cakewalk. These guys stink. You know, I'm excited for basketball reasons. This is totally. this matchup, I think, favors Denver. Yeah, we're not like, uh, the Nuggets are going to get to the finals to lose to, to Miami. Lose to Miami. <laughs> yeah, we're, right, not right. Uh, yeah, yeah. we're not doing that. Yeah, we're not doing that. Uh, just, sometimes it's just matchups, man. Like, it, honestly, yeah. and even like Milwaukee is a good team. They weren't as bad. It was a tough matchup for him in part. I mean, I, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses for Milwaukee. I have no, no affinity for him. But sometimes basketball really is, do you get a good matchup? And this was one that I at least identified early on as a good matchup for Denver. All right, let's take a break. Let's get to the backcourt, which I think is a lot tougher for Denver. But there's still some interesting ones there. You want to talk about a good matchup? Match uh, your friends, your burritos, your beer. Match it all up, mash up, whatever. Go to Illegal Pete's. Man, Just you know, the best nailed that. For, uh, yeah. for buddies, burritos, and beer. <laughs> and it's patio season, which is uh, every Denver eight knows pretty much the best season in Denver, unless you're super into skiing or whatever, Kale. But I personally, so lame, dude. Yeah, I'm into patio season myself. A lot less work, just as much beer. So find the nearest Illegal Pete's and uh, head out to their patio to enjoy a bucket of beer or some margaritas. No, if you happen to be in the vicinity of the DNVR bar and you find yourself walking down Colfax to Illegal Pete's, you will walk by the brand new mural of Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. It's directly halfway in between Illegal Pete's and DNVR. So that true. can't be a so that cannot be a coincidence. That's a good point. The mural? Yeah. I will go with your I like your narrative. You don't pass illegal peeps to go to the. We'll talk about it after no, the show. Breckenridge uh, Brewery is the official guy. beer He's of DNVR. He's a DN- correct you guy, the worst kind of guy. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. The Mile High City uh, Golden Ale is the. Well, it's an official Denver Nuggets themed beer. Check it out. You can see a little logo there in your bottom left corner. It is a brand new taste with a retro look. Sleek design on that can and case might be the kind of thing that after you drink it, you keep it just as a fun piece of wall art for the man or woman cave. Cut to the DNVR bar. The Nuggets have never not made the final since this beer existed. That's a great point. I know, right? I'm not saying it's because of the beer, but I I can't prove it's not. Yeah, dude, say it's not. Say it's not. Prove it to me. Prove it's not. Come to the DNVR bar to try every delicious Breck brew, or just check out the Breck beer locator. Find out the nearest location. Uh, Pretty convenient. Pretty neat. We love Breck. All righty. Let's move on now to the backcourt, and let's go to Jamal Murray. Bingo. Bingo. Jamal Murray in this matchup. I'll start with you, Vote. Uh, what, what? I kind of think it. it's a lot like the AG. I don't want to just say this about every matchup. It's the finals. But think about Alexander Walker and the work he did to make Jamal's life very difficult. Uh, you could say the same thing about the way Phoenix, not, not necessarily the defenders, but the strategy, right, of making him bring the ball up the court, dogged the entire time. Um I think Schroeder did a good job in the Lakers series. Obviously, Jamal was transcendent, but 
they had an option they liked. I don't, the Heat don't necessarily have that guy, right? Where you're like, he's just going to follow Jamal around for four quarters, the entire length of the court, and make his life hell. They might try to do it anyway, but I don't think they're better equipped to do it than the teams that Denver's already gone through. So I do wonder if this is another dynamic where, you know, for Jamal, maybe this is not as arduous as some of the past matchups were. Yeah. Is that crazy? No, well, one and I'll throw this to you guys. But one of the things, I, look, I think that in the Murray doing what he does on offense, maybe they stick Jimmy Butler on him in the clutch, which I think is a tough guy for yeah. him to go against because he's not, Murray is not strong. Usually, Murray's big; he's six five. He has a size advantage against a lot of guys. He gets to go to the post. I think that's going to be tough for him in the clutch moments. The but I think he I like the matchup obviously with like Struess and Vincent and some of the other guys they'll throw right, at him. Yeah, but Dev. They do run those guys around a lot. Mm. And I do think that this will be an exhausting series for Murray, or, or has a chance to be, just because defensively, it's not that he has to guard anybody hard, but there's probably just a lot of switching and running and, and running around guys and different things like that. I think so, too. Um, and I would be worried about it if I didn't see like Bruce Brown step out on Kevin Durant a lot. Um, Jamal Murray have to step out on you know, LeBron. Denver does a great job of making those type of switches where you're not having to um, exert yourself that much on defense as much. Also, this is why I loved the fact that Miami won this game instead of the Celtics. That was the one. Um, Marcus Smart. But that was just tough. Yeah, You have Marcus Smart and Derek White who are incredible yeah. defenders right. Right. that are going to be able to slow down Jamal. He's going to have to work every single time. Because um, he just talked about Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Yep. Um, that's making him work. And, and guys like those, they're not. The, he's not the defender as Marcus Smart and Derek White, especially with that size. Right. Now he's going against a guy um, that's 6'2", 200 pounds. You know, and he's a guy that likes to get on the post. He likes to use his advantage with his footwork. He likes to, you know, hunt at mismatch. I feel like there's a lot of them. Um, Miami really is just very small. Denver has the size advantage. Yep. And then a guy who is, he's been going no, nuclear in the, in the playoffs. He's a guy that scores every single time down. Um, he loves these type of situations. This is another favorable matchup. Does it scare you at all, the, the Jimmy Butler in the clutch? You know, because Denver in the clutch is such a big thing, but that's a great defender. Or just the hat that he's going to have to chase guys around to either of those, not scare you, but just like, hey, that's going to be a real challenge. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, I feel like if we're talking about Jimmy Butler specifically, like he's going to get his for sure. Like it doesn't really matter who's on him. I mean, more guarding Murray in the club. Guarding Murray. The thing that I love is that like, I think that Dev was saying this. I was too busy. I was lost in the comments a little bit, but like, <laughs> um, you know, the, the style of defense is going to be different than what we saw the other teams get, give to Jamal that wore him down, like wearing Jamal down by guarding him off the full court is what we saw be most effective, but I don't really see somebody on the heat that has I, that. I agree. Like Jimmy is a tenacious um, defender. He's, you know, he's, he's crafty. He'll poke the, the ball out. You know, he'll do a lot of things that, uh, you know, are just clever, but they, they don't like grind you down and just make you run. And like, and frankly, like they're not coming off of this series and Frank, their entire post run, post season run. Like, they're not really in a position to be playing the energy game anyway. Like they're going to want to be conserving as much energy as possible. So, you know, I'm, like Dev said, like I don't know. All of, like every time we come, like every matchup I'm looking at, I'm like, I I like that for Denver too. I don't know. I think that point on the other end of the floor about him having to chase screens is salient. I think it's a good point. Um, but I think 
This is where the rest advantage matters more than anywhere else in this matchup between these two teams. Jamal Murray has been tremendous in these playoffs. He has also looked exhausted. Yeah. And I think game one, coming off of that series, like Eric just said, I think the Nuggets, including Murray, are in a better place in terms of how much is left in the tank. It'll be a long series. Maybe that changes. Um, I think your point about chasing the screens is good, though. It's a good, good kind of point. Just to stick on that point, one thing that I question, and, I mean, we're going to see here shortly, but does does Miami want to try to push the pace? Because, I mean, I feel like no if you way, get them dude. set, then it's, Joe, it's, I mean, it's Joe, Jokic that gets to just go off. He gets to, you know, go against guys that are undersized and then just operate. If you do that where you're trying to push the pace, now you get Jamal, like, in the open court. Um, you get the ball popping, and they don't have the size either way to, like, match up with them. So I don't think that they push towards that as much as we believe um, that they will just because it pushes a pace. And we've seen that's not a team that likes to score a lot. Um, and that's also what's different from um, the other teams that Denver has played. On misses, guys have ran out. Denver has, you know, gotten punished with that. Miami doesn't have that type of pace to their game, so they get to have a set offense every single time where even those screens don't matter as much. They're so the second slowest team in the NBA. Den Denver's 24th. They're 29th in pace. Fast break points, they're 29th. No, they're 28th. So, yeah, that's just not a big part of this game. I do think for that reason, the numbers in the series might be a little bit below what we think. The under might hit a little bit more because these are two teams that want to play as slow as possible and really grind it out in the half court. But again, like there's a couple things I just believe about this Nuggets team. And one of them is that they're the best at their style. You know what I mean? So if you also play that style, it's like, hey, I don't know, man. Like this, I think Denver is better suited to play at either speed. They yeah. can go slow with Jokic, but I think they're also a better running team. Um, again, Eric made this point early in the show. You play these series for a reason. And I think a lot of teams on this Miami Heat run have looked at Miami and also liked their matchup on paper. Yeah. So I'm not saying this is over in four games, you no. know. But but there, I do think I think Denver can play slow through Jokic. They know how to do it, and I also think they're better at getting out and running. Uh, turnovers are going to be a big – they always are – but protecting the ball, which allows you to dictate a little more when the pace is where it is. Um, you just want Denver to be in, in control and dictating, and I think they have a good chance to do it, especially with home court, which, again, is a huge deal. Let's go to Michael Porter Jr. Um, we'll do KCP last. He's an interesting one because he, offensively he's going to have a height advantage a lot. They have a bunch of guys that play like when you were saying a bunch of guys that are the same guy. Honestly, they're like Michael Porter Jr. I mean, Duncan Robinson is like Michael Porter Jr. and that they use him as this floor spacer. He's got a, a quick trigger. He's tall. Um, and honestly, we all love Michael Porter Jr. Duncan Robinson in his at his peak, what shoots like Michael Porter. He'd been in a slump for most of this year, but he's a hell of a shooter. That being said, on the boards. Yeah, he can't drive. He can't board. Who? Duncan Robinson, the same way. But for me, I just like Porter. I think he's going to get his shots, This, especially if they go zone. I think Porter's going to get a lot of clean looks in the series. And then on the other end, I don't know that he's going to be a guy that gets targeted a whole lot. I mean, he hasn't to this point, and I don't think this is a team that has the, the pieces to do it. So I don't know if this is a great series for <laughs> Michael Porter, but I certainly think it's a good one. <laughs> I think this is a perfect setup for Michael Porter Jr. on offense and defense. Offensively, they're going to have to set that zone. He's going to be able to just find his spot and shoot it. And he's shooting it at a high clip right now. Um, so he has that advantage there. Um, also with guys, he's going to be the, the guy that I don't feel like they're um, keying in um, as much just because they have so many other um, mismatches. 
where he's the forgotten guy. Um, but then on defense, this is a series where even if you try to hunt him, he's so tall. He uses yep. his length. They do the 10 pump fakes every single time, and he has learned to stay honest on defense where he can use that as his advantage. Um, so I, I love him in this series, and I think that this is going to be a, a very high series for him. Yeah. Now that we're going down it, they just look better in every single spot. Like, everyone looks good right now um, just based off of how they're matching up. Yeah, to me, it's, I, you know, there's definitely going to be times like we were hitting on earlier where they're going to decide to double Jokic, and he, like, MPJ's going to be open. We saw it the last series also. Like, MPJ was not lacking in wide-open shots. It just comes down to, is he going to hit them? Um, and, you know, you, this is a guy who's, confidence has been growing and growing and growing and growing and he's now very poised and he's ready for this like earlier on in his career you know had this happened i don't think michael porter jr would have been a guy that you would be looking as a weapon you'd be looking at him a little bit as a liability on the other side more so than his offensive skill but i mean that's all gone like really he's now playing in his body in such a way that his physical attributes are now all attributes there's nothing like Oh man, he's stiff. You know, he's a little, little gangly. You can get by him. He's going to be the mark. They're going to try and target him, like we saw other people do uh, in years past. It's like all that's gone. And I mean, like we just said a little bit, like comparing him to like a Duncan Robinson. Michael Porter Jr. has shown a real propensity for driving the lane, making tough finishes, dunking the ball over Jokic sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> like. He's got he's gotten much more of a complete game than maybe people realize he's had, and it's just like this is his time. Uh, who do we think his primary matchup is? Who do we think I mean, it's hard to actually to think about who they're going to start because I I think they might mix it up a little yeah, bit with I who they too. go. I, do I mean, obviously, starting Caleb Martin was a big adjustment for them. They didn't they played him a lot of minutes, but they didn't always start him. I don't expect them to start now. Probably probably will be like the Duncan Robinson. That's what spot I mean. Or, so so discipline. You know, off-ball defensive discipline, right? Just yeah. being locked in um, really quick on those contests. But, you know, the, the sneaky thing about Mike is he has a really good margin for error when getting back and contesting shots because he's so long, right? The same thing he can shoot over Duncan. It is difficult for Duncan to shoot over him. Great shooter, by the way. And I think Duncan's feeling confident. So he is he actually is one of those guys that could swing a quarter or a half there for sure. But, you know, if they go zone, KCP and Mike just have to be ready, you know? They have to be ready. And I think they've mostly, both of them, shot really well um, from deep throughout the postseason. I would expect them to again in the finals. But it's it's part of the reason why it's so difficult to just try those things against Denver. They don't get as many threes up as some of these teams, but they can shoot with the best of them. And it's KCP and Mike are the reason why. Yeah, I think their record when allowing 13 or more three-pointers here, I'm looking 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, so they're a little bit below 500, 20 and 26 when they allow 13 or more threes. But for a team in the finals, that's a good indicator of, hey, make some shots. And, of course, Mike is the one. I said I don't think that they can keep up with Denver scoring if Denver can score. Mike is the one that breaks everything oh because yeah. when he hits three threes in a quarter it's like well now denver's up 10 right. and you have to start catching yeah. up and i think there will be opportunity for him but i love your point about game plan discipline because i do think the heat are 
among the more difficult teams to keep an eye on off ball. Yes. They're not the, they're one of the easier teams I think on ball like because they don't have that many guys, but they do run a lot of actions and the switches are going to have to be on point, the communication's going to have to be on point. And that's an area where Mike in the past has struggled. I think he's been great in these playoffs, but in the past that has been a weakness for him. And then lastly to round up the starting lineup, we have Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, going for his second championship. I love this guy. <laughs> well, so what is it? I mean, his matchup, I don't know that he necessarily has like a primary matchup. Like he has to shut that guy down. It might Kyle, be Caleb. Huh? Might be Caleb. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, he was so good today. It's just weird to say that's what I know, he needs to go up against, but you're right. I mean, he's scoring right now. What does now, he do man. in this series? I mean, if he's able to slow down Caleb, <laughs> how much offense do they really have? Also, he's been such a primary defender. Um, that now he gets to make that shift on Jimmy Butler. You're going to give him different looks. Right. You're going to give him size with Aaron Gordon, I feel. You're going to also have um, KCP who, you know, gives him size, physicality, uh, can maneuver through screens. Um, and you just get to bottle guys up. Yep. Also, um, Denver needs his threes to, you know, remain. Um, that yeah. problem. You know, because it has been up and down um, throughout the year. But he does step up in the times that you need him, um, Mr. Right on Time. Um, so if he can... You know, get himself going offensively. You already know his defense is going to remain there. And also, he has been to this point. Exactly. No that. other Nugget has been to this point right here. I was just going to so say he that. he brings that to the table um, where you can be calm and he has some familiarity there. That, I mean, that's massive. That's massive. Like, there's so much about this. You you watch these two teams that are just absolutely slugging it out. Uh, the Obviously, the pressure couldn't be any higher. People were just missing shots. It's just, it's like, it's just different. It's yeah. different, and KCP has been there. there. There's something so valuable about just being having a calming force like KCP in your foxhole, a guy that can, you know, has shown that he can step up in the biggest moments, knock down shots. His threes are going to be massive. I mean, all of our shooters, their shooting is going to be required, like full stop to get past this heat the, the, you know the heat are going to want to play this style of game the nuggets are going to find themselves in positions at time where they have to keep pace with a heat team that's just going off um and you know a guy guy like kcp is just full x factor when it comes to you know what we can expect the nuggets at their at their highest point yeah, I'm excited for him, and he's another one just like MPJ who gets threes in bunches. And if you just get a little Porter Quarter, Murray Fleury, and a KCP spree, you know, like holy you, smokes, like the, the games will be out of reach. And right? a so those bludgeoning. Those guys hopefully are well rested, but not rusty. Excited for a home crowd. Excited. I mean, game one, like the the emotions and stuff of it are going to be so intense that I wouldn't be surprised if we had a couple of air balls I was say, early. Jamal could score thirty five and and also break the backboard with his first shot. I, I know. There's going to be go like straight an, through. There's yeah. definitely going to be an air ball in the first quarter. Maybe no multiple Mike, air pods. Mike, Mike's going to miss by three feet. Yeah, it's like too far. Just go also, over. Nathaniel Rateliff is going to miss the opening uh, <laughs> ceremonial <laughs> shot also, by yeah. five feet minimum. <laughs> All right, let's take a break, then we're going to get to the benches here and talk about some of the depth as well. Uh, well, if you're headed to Miami for any reason, let's see, I don't know, like to watch or cover the Denver Nuggets Ooh. in the NBA Finals, you might find that life gets real bright down there, messes with your eyes sometimes. Sure. Hook yourself up with some Shady Rays, an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product just as good as any expensive pair you're going to wear, except they're better than the expensive pairs because A, they're cheaper, and B, if you lose them, you break them, or even if you just don't like them, you can exchange for a new pair, return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. It's awesome. Uh, their team always has your back. 
This is really important to me. I lose everything. I can go out and come home without the shoes that I left the house with. Do does Shady uh, Rays sell a man purse? Shady Rays has actually <laughs> recently told me, like, hey man, we don't usually do this, but there might be a limit for you on how many pairs we. Uh, but you guys should be fine. So our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to shadyrays.com. Use code DNVR. That's fifty percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over two hundred and fifty thousand people. There you go. All right, let's go to the benches here. Uh, Bruce Brown, I think, will have a big impact on this series. I mean, he'll be an important one. The energy, the defense. I don't know that it's necessarily like a great series specifically for him, but I do think that it's one that he doesn't have a it's not a weakness. Like he should be able to have the same impact he's had in this series. Any notes on him, D line? Uh, say again. I'm sorry. The Bruce. Bruce. Bruce, Bruce oh, CB. dude. I, I mean, Bruce Brown has like Bruce Brown plays the exact type of game to match up with this Miami Heat squad. Like grinding, physical, back against the wall, nothing's working, just like give it to Bruce, he'll figure something out. He's gritty, he's just, like he is the exact guy that you want on your squad to go up against a team that plays this way. It's, it's man, you just look at, there's so many things that have just broken in the Nuggets' favor. Um, signing a KCP or trading for a KCP, signing a Bruce Brown, and then all of these guys are just perfectly suited for the scenario that was laid out in front of the Nuggets afterwards. So, I mean, I like Bruce Brown has been probably the X factor of the entire playoffs. He's probably been like the guy that has um, given the Nuggets the most when they needed it the most. Like everybody else has played great, but like they were setting the pit, setting the tone. And Bruce Brown has come out when nothing was working, just drove the the lane, made incredibly tough finishes, and didn't you know just made it clear to whoever it is that the nuggets were matching up that you know it's not sweet here tonight like we're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to body up like we're gonna go for it so i mean like this is the grinded out series like yes bruce brown all the way i think bruce brown is gonna be uh pivotal in this matchup um specifically because he gets to be himself he gets to uh just come in and shake things up yep um there's gonna be a lot of staggering i, I feel like um, and he's going to be the guy that says, no, it does not matter that this is the second unit. We're going to match you every single time. Um, I feel like he has those advantages against like a Kyle Lowry, um, you know, when they put those in. And he can be physical with a guy like that. Um, he can use his speed against, you know, that their, their, their type of running. They don't really have the pace. They don't. And I don't think that they're going to try to match him. Um, but also, like, the biggest thing for him is I feel like he brings the physicality. He brings that dog um, to the team. Where Miami is a team that's full of, um, a lot of not dogs. quitting, not you know, not giving up, um, competing every single time down. He gets to match that, yeah. and I think that that is like his calling um, in this yep. type of series. And then Jeff Green, Christian Brown. You know, this could be a Christian Brown series. I mean, because I, I think defense is going to be key. Like I said, I think Denver's going to be able to score in this one. This one is one where I feel like he actually could could get some minutes in it. Um, because they need guys to be able to guard. Like One thing he does well is he's locked in defensively. He knows how to make reads off ball, fight through screens. Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, like those are guys that I think Kyle Lowry even they're gonna well, he could be useful against. What about them. off the bench? If you know Tyler Hero could very well play in this series. That's was, right. Was trending towards a return in this. That's one. right. Um, and this series almost won eight games too, which is crazy. So he could have played, <laughs> but so he, I, I expect him to play in the finals. So 
Maybe that's a Christian Brown matchup right off the bench, right? Where it's hey, that's your score, that's their scorer off the bench. You're our stopper off the bench. Hey, Tyler Hero Get is an X factor, though. I mean, True. because he is a guy like, look, they made it here without him, but he is a guy that one, there's no scout on, right? The team that they've gotten here on, so everything you're scouting doesn't factor him in. He becomes a bit of an X factor, and then the number one thing I think is that they can't score with Denver. That's why I feel confident. But he's a Michael Porter esque player where it's like, hey, he could just be hot that night and go seven Six of ten, right? Like he's the sixth man of the year, not this well, last year, right? Like two he won six, ago, two, whatever, all the same. Like last year. that's a, I, I would say that's an impact player. Like they, it's not, it, it sounds like the soonest they would get him back would be game three. Um, really? Yeah, that's what they were saying. So you know, uh, but you're right. I mean, a guy like Bruce Brown or Bruce uh, Christian Brown would match up like very well, height wise, length wise. Um, and just the ability, like, the best thing about Christian is that he never leaves his feet. Like, he never goes for the pump fake. He always stays grounded. And just, like, getting in that a guy like that's face and just, be, like, in his zone so he's not able to get wide open shots because that's always where Tyler Hero is the, is the most dangerous. Jeff it, Green, is this a Jeff Green series? Well, he's going to play, uh, and it can be. It can be, man. I, You know, I wanted to circle back, and there's a lot Jeff can't and hasn't done in some of these games. Timely contributions, the the charge he drew, the corner three, you know, just stuff that like that's where the veteran stuff manifests. That's why guys on the roster trust Jeff. So, I think maybe even less so than other series too. Am I going to sit here and bemoan the Jeff Green minutes? Like I think they can survive. Is he playing hard? Is he grabbing? Let's call it three rebounds. I'd take it. I'd love it. A charge here and there. He can still have an impact, you know. So it's I'm not expecting big things from Jeff. He's been the weak link or the seventh weak link in this rotation. But again, they have won all of these games with him playing. And I think they can do it again in the finals. This is a guy who um, has waited a very long time for this opportunity. What did Flacco tell us? He knows where he's at in his career. He hates to lose. He wants to win this thing. So I expect whatever effort he's got left in the tank to be left on the floor. Is this a Kevin Love series? Probably. So they're going to play Bam Adebayo and they're going to play uh, Hightower because they have to. They have to play bigs, but maybe Kevin Love gets a, takes a stab? I think he for sure um, does. Just because of the size, um, the rebound, uh, rebounding um, advantage that I feel like Denver will have, you have to match that. Um, also, I think there's going to be a lot of foul trouble for Bam. Um, so he is going to have to you know, get those type of minutes. Um, going down their roster, I mean, he's also undersized at 6'8". But just going down their roster, they don't have many you know, big guys, tall guys. Uh, Cody Zeller is like their their biggest guy. He can't you know hold them. So I think that they're going to give different looks. Um, and also they will need scoring. And Kevin Love spaces the floor. Um, he can shoot it. You're not going to be able to just pack the paint like I feel like Denver will try to do against a um, a Bam and a um, Butler. Yeah. No, they need they need as much size as they can get. Like they have to play all of their players with size. I'm sure we'll see Tyler or, uh, Cody Zeller. I'm sure we'll see Kevin Love. Uh, I'm sure. You know, they're going to, they, they just, just, that, that was the one thing I was struck by most watching this game seven is just like how much smaller both of those teams were than the Denver Nuggets. They're just, yeah. they just look visually smaller. Like the, I, it never really dawned on me how big the Nuggets were until we started to make this playoff run. Like 
most of the teams in the West are just bigger than teams in the East. I, for whatever reason, it just seems to be the case. Like, Celtics maybe could have had some guys they could have brought in to play big, but it doesn't matter. They're out. Um, I want to wrap up now. We're going to be doing more of a deep dive tomorrow. We'll have Harrison Wind on the show as well. Um, but So we'll continue to talk the series. There'll be practice availabilities tomorrow. I think we might even get Miami Heat availability. And then just to preview the week, Wednesday is the big one, media day. A lot of media is going to be arriving in the next 36 hours. They'll probably all be coming in Wednesday morning or most of them late Tuesday night, Wednesday. And obviously we're hoping to get a handful of people through this show and through and onto the DNVR bar. So we'll get to hear a lot of perspective. But Wednesday's the big day, the big media availability where every player is going to talk. All the media will be addressing these guys. And that should be a very content rich day. Today we had media availability and there was a couple things that came out of it. Vo, you could kind of help me with this, but uh, the things that stood out to me, I'll start with KCP. He said, First of all, he said that when he sees Calvin Booth in the hallway, he thinks him because of how happy he is to be contending for a championship again and just how much fun he's having on this team because it's an unselfish team. And he said, I asked him, is it more fun than previous stops? And he was like, well, first of all, winning is more fun. And no. some of his previous stops, he wasn't winning. But also just that, yeah, this style of basketball with everybody relying on each other. I think KCP is extremely happy with how things turned out. And he even referenced that. When the trade went down, it was one of those like checks his phone and he was like, thank God, you know, like this is like he was ready to go. So I think that I thought that was interesting. Just the fact that he thinks Calvin Booth when he sees him in the hallway. Yeah, that seems to be a I don't know about the thinking part, but the gratitude itself, I think, is a common shared sentiment in that locker room. Uh, even Which the is the best. It's the nugget. It, I know we went through a whole decade where people like Jalen Rose, who I love, he Ruse the day he was drafted by yeah. by the Denver Nuggets. It was like yeah. the worst thing ever happened to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and didn't uh, Antonio McDice like? Yeah, sadly. Like make a bit like they lo- they locked that Dwan was to get Howard him, out no, of the building. Was, no, that was to get him back. And then when Whatever. he got he here, like, it was ref- terrible. And he, and he refused hated it. to come back. But this team, <laughs> you know, this final product that was ultimately assembled by Calvin, the finishing touches is one. We've heard Aaron Gordon say it's his favorite team he's ever played on. Right. KCP, who's been around, man, and, and won a title, is actively and vocally grateful to be here. Bruce Brown, Nuggets took a flyer on him when surprisingly teams weren't, you know? And other stars around the league, it sounds like, were out on him, like where he was already playing. The Nuggets took a flyer. Not only that, they said, hey, you come here. We want you to play point guard. We want you to be yourself. Now Bruce Brown is ready to go get a bigger bag than he probably would have, than he definitely would have. And so you wonder, is this the kind of thing where, like we started saying in the Tim years, and we can continue saying about Cal and Booth's Nuggets, on the margins, not the stars, but on the margins, are you going to see more guys say, there's value, man. There's value in, a, yes. in either a quick or a long stop at that organization with Calvin, with Jokic, with these guys. I'm, we saw this happen... With the uh, with the Warriors, you see this happen. Anytime there's success and there are then guys that have bounced around the league or been in the league for a long time and never got quite the opportunity to pick their situation that where there was a possibility of a championship. If the Nuggets can pull this off, and frankly, even if they aren't able to, they are in such a position where you would imagine there's some like will be ring chasing that the Denver Nuggets benefit from, which is the strangest thing in the right. world. There's like, but there's gonna be guys that like, you know, that played for the Wolves for lots of years and they're like, man, I gotta, I really wanna do something here. So, yes, it's gonna be, it's, it's a whole new era, man. It's, it's, uh, these are not your father's nuggets. <laughs> not your father's nuggets, indeed. Another thing that came out, the other thing that I thought was most interesting, Michael Porter was asked about his growth as a player this year and how much he's grown. And, 
in hilarious Michael Porter Jr. fashion, Jokic and Porter are the two most honest players on the team. It's sometimes like damningly so. <laughs> but today or he says, you know, I really appreciate when people say that, but I don't think so at all. He said, I got a lot more to my game that I still haven't showed you guys. And because of the injuries, basically saying this year was a year. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I'll tell you, my interpretation felt a little bit like he was hurt last year. He was hurt over the summer. He had to come back and just be what he was this year. And he's focused on things. He talked about there's things I've done this year differently to make sure I make it through a full season and my, take care of my back and be extra cautious or what have you. But... I get the sense that as much as he's all about right now and winning this title, that he really wants to say, guys, I'm just scratching the surface of what I can be, and I can't wait till I get to the point to show you. And I, I just today hearing him say that, I loved it because if you do take the long view and think about where do the Nuggets go from here, as good as they are now, the idea that they might have a superstar, the same way Jamal Murray's been a superstar hiding in plain sight, yep. Michael Porter might be another one that we yep. come back a year from now and go, holy hell. This guy's so much better than we thought. Yep. It's his expectations for himself. And that's when you know he's just, he knows better than any of us how talented he is. He knows his own work ethic better than anyone. I think Porter's point is, hey, man, this was always my plan to become a really good NBA player. Right. And there's more to go. You know, getting better at defense, rebounding, scoring a lot. Things I expected myself to do. Three back surgeries later, I've had to fight. I'm still doing them. The framing of the question is... Are you, how proud are you? And I think that's the word he sort of refused to, he, he understood the sentiment, but he doesn't want to say pride because what he's proud of, are, there, are, there are loftier goals to check for Michael Porter Jr. than the ones he checked. I think the injuries have taken away from the inevitable, which was Porter rounding himself out as a player. And becoming yeah. a also, I've seen that guy shoot, and his shot tree shows that he does not lack confidence. Yeah. <laughs> so asking a question like that for him is like, all right, let me, Are let you me not try buying to it? be calm about it. Also, I mean, I think that uh, Vote touched on a few of the parts. I think that he believes he's doing good and he's well, but it's those injuries. He feels if he didn't have those, what what would I be? What is my yeah. ceiling then? You know, so I am working back to being that guy, but there's still a lot more to me. I'm starting to feel like myself. Um, and also, you know, he's gone a long time, yeah. you know, knock on wood without, you know, that type of injury. So I do think that sure. he's just like, OK, you know, I'm doing well, but I can be doing better. You guys are going to see better. Yeah. No, I mean, you're talking about a guy that l very realistically was, was slated at, as the potential number one overall pick when he was coming out of high school. Like if you watch old MPJ footage, it's like. You can't believe how athletic he is. Springy, man. In addition to yep. everything else he's able to do. It really only comes down to health with him. It's it. the only factor that's holding Michael Porter Jr. back from being an absolute superstar in this league. And, you know, I think now I, I think that his ceiling has been lowered artificially by just the, the physical things that he's had to deal with. But it's still much higher than what we've seen. You know, like there's so there's so much more from Mike to unlock, and a lot of it um, we've seen evolve over the second half of this season, and really over the entire season with just the confidence, and more more just the confidence, the confidence in other that other players have in him. Right, giving him the ball in high leverage situations, making sure that Michael Malone feels confident having him on the court uh, when there's a defensive possession that has to happen in the late stages of a game not getting pulled like Michael Porter Jr. is the sneakiest clutch shooter the Denver Nuggets have he's hit so many goddamn clutch shots like um 
And, you know, this is for him, for Jamal, like, I mean, we've already seen it with Jokic. Jokic's coming out party has been loud. It's been loud and it's been like just full of receipts. And like now it's time for these other guys that, you know, every time we hear about like, oh, Jokic has been doing this all without an all-star. It's like, guys, we're, we just didn't get voted, but we are all-star level players. Like mm. it, this is a big, big moment for both of those guys, man. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to some super chats. <laughs> Sickos. Hey, we haven't had a post game show in like a month. The people are ready to super chat. I know. King Yoke's just... disciple. Do we play the funky music for this? Yeah, we should have played <laughs> funky music. It's a post game show. I, in my, it was playing in my head. King Yoke's disciple. So excited for the next couple weeks. Let's go, Nuggets. Congrats. Vote. Cheers. Oh man. <laughs> everybody go. hit that like button for us King as we Yoke's wrap up the disciples. show. We appreciate you being here. Uh, yes. Grow this show. I'm telling you, every week hit the alert yeah, button. Man. Really help us out. It's obviously a big week for us. I know. And like, when I say us, I mean the royal us. Yeah, dude. Like we and we like the Nuggets, but. We like us more, you know what I mean? <laughs> We're here for us. <laughs> Shevin Kellen, the final leg in Nuggets Revenge Tour. Give Pat Riley that L on the way out. Do it for fat. English Cooper, Evans, TR Dunn, and Dougie Moe. All DNVR is good. Let's All go. Nuggets are good. Jokic is NSFW. <laughs> you know what? I'll play go. that note. I'm with it. Also, you know, Game 82, Jimmy Butler was there. Yep. That's it. We figured that out the other day. That is the revenge angle. Jimmy Butler. I like the Pat Riley angle, too, though. I think on, it's cool. Well, we didn't have a direct line to Pat Riley, do we? I'm just saying he. he Coaching the Lakers, you know. So yeah, like, but like Jimmy beat us. It's time for us to beat Jimmy oh, back. All right. The boy's dad cutting a trip oh. short to be in the arena on Thursday, and United didn't cha charge me a penny to change the reservation. Let's go. I love that he cut a family vacation short. Like, boop, yeah, come back. <laughs> Pack your shit up, kids. <laughs> We're going. Uh, You're like out Disney of the pool. Yeah. Let's go. We're Di going. Yeah, Disneyland's not fun anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I would have done the same there. You Dream me? Creation Media. Met her earlier. It was great meeting you guys today. Yep. Love our shirts. Man. Carol and Ian. Let's a first go. teamer, man. An absolute first teamer. Came True. into the bar. Like, you can always tell the people that they're like, they're like no, man, that's a first teamer Absolutely. right there. I'm Love meeting you. I'm to see a lot of first teamers, like, over the next couple of weeks. If you're flying in, let us know. Like, shoot me personally a DM if you're coming in, because I we got to plan out. This weekend, um, you know, we might end up doing something yeah. Saturday at the bar, or Saturday night, like a meetup. If, something. If people are flying, if there's enough people flying in that want to kind of do a get together at the bar, we might we might put that together. The doctor, the president, the emperor, the king, Gordon. Oh, Gordon. Bring him on. Bring him on. Bring Let's go. go. Astray. It will definitely be a turning point in Malone's coaching career if he's able to outcoach a veteran like Spolstra. I got faith in Moach. Nuggets and five. Let's go. I think a lot about like who all stocks going up, but I still think Murray is probably number one. Like that guy, pencil him in as an all-star next year. Bro. Pencil him in. I think it's Jokic. It is Jokic. Actually, <laughs> yeah. That's the craziest <laughs> thing. Consensus best player alive right like, now. Uh, yeah. Before, he went from like tubby oh, white that's guy. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, guy that you were racist to vote for. Right, to, right, right. Uh, to guys making videos apologizing to Nuggets. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, my God. Did you guys... Did you, you talking about the Philly guy? Yeah, man. There's more oh, than that, but yes, man. That was it's shout, me shout listen, out that like, guy. Shout out that guy, shout man. That guy. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. this is the Jokic is Hat so. I mean, I started writing mine for Tatum. Yeah, man. <laughs> but it's still in the draft, <laughs> baby. Walter Worthy, super sticker, Joker and Durag with Sig behind ear and one hanging off the lip. <laughs> the Heat don't want this smoke. Let's go. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, 
Oh, I'm not excited for that to be a story. Uh, Zako Pavlovich. Crazy Pavlovich brothers coming from Calgary to DMVR oh bar God. on Sunday. Let's that go. Sounds, oh, you better like get a, it early. Don't fly that far. Together. The people flying that in like to go threat, specifically the to the DNVR bar, just get here three, four man, hours this, early, order food. This place is going to be a disaster. Oh, this place is going to be an absolute <laughs> disaster. Oh, just a beautiful disaster. Yeah, but like, uh, I don't know. Did you mention it earlier? I, I haven't mentioned Go for it. Uh, the the way that it's going to go down this week, because this is obviously the biggest week in uh, Denver Nuggets history and one of the biggest weeks in DNVR no, bar history. It's going to be the biggest week in DNVR history. Well, right? I mean, we I don't we had an avalanche championship. I don't want to you know whatever. Um, the <laughs> we have we we're going to have some new policies in place. Uh, we are going to be charging a cover unless you're a diehard. No cover. Uh, for the no die covers. No cover. No covers Just for the diehard. Die Flash that card. This is a good is time to become a diehard. Uh, if you become a diehard, you also get a free T-shirt. Uh, another great uh, opportunity to do so. But yes, um, so make sure that you you factor that into your plans. We do have to like figure out how to make this work because there are a lot of people that are going to be descending on Denver, Colorado. And I believe also for the tape, the few tables that you can get, yes. if you do get here, there is a table minimum. It's not much. I think it's thirty bucks for a person, which is basically like buying dinner and say one drink. But the reason is, of course, that. We did have some people come in, get a table, sit for six straight hours, yeah, not yeah, order yeah. anything. It's like, hey, come on, guys. Uh, but but the other thing the is, people yeah. are working the bar. That they, they This is their literal job and yeah. livelihood. Like We want to make sure that they're taken care um, of. The other thing is, like, you. if you do come in, you, the, the cover, I think, is $10. You do get a free uh, Breck brew with it. So it's kind of yeah. washes really, out. Yeah, yeah. Again. Especially if you're a diehard, just get, be a diehard. Don't worry about it. Then you get a free Breck brew. We try to do little things like that, too, so that diehard membership. You know, you're getting everything you're paying for, everything you're hoping, not just the content, but you're in the club. That means skipping out on stuff like that. One more super chat before we hit it. You I've guys, got, look at this, man. Byron, a throwback. Byron. Byron, back bucks, in the chat. Just to say Byron. his own name. Just to say what? his own name. We missed you, man. Yeah, we'll glad to back, have you back for the finals, baby. With Stanley, before we hit it, guys, a personal super chat for me, back to one of you. Laking Ball, I saw you with us in the chat. I know you don't have a super chat today. I can't blame you. It'd be effing insane for you to spend money to be sad. I just want to say, I tip my hat to you. You've been a true homie. The least insufferable Celtics fan I've ever encountered. Stick with us for the Nuggets. Thanks for being a good sport. Stanley Sullivan checking in. My rec for avoiding two hours of super chats when the final start is to set a minimum dollar amount that you will read on the show. 20 or 50 bucks. We might have to do yeah, that. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to. But we appreciate every last one of them. That's the thing. And the regular chatters too. Oh. Uh, even those of you that just watch at home without chatting. And of course, we wouldn't end a, a Celtics post-game show without Laking Ball checking in. Damn forced to game seven just to lose at home. Tatum turned ankle was bad, but no excuses. Thanks for Bevo. Love the rivalry between me and you. You won all love. So I can hop on the bandwagon Let's go! now. Let's go! It was the final thing we Let's needed. Go! Laking Ball fully on yeah, board. You'll, you'll have to change your behavior. Now you'll have to tune into this show. Uh, you know what? It's the same. It's the same. You're, you're exactly already, you're already part of this. You didn't realize. Trust me. Everybody, it's been such a fun road to get to this point. The finals are finally set. Not over We're yet, out of baby. Purgatory. Not over yet. Not over yet. Four, Job not done. Four Job more not done. Wins. Job, Job not, done. not done. Four more wins. We're going to be back go! tomorrow. Hit that like button on the way out. Let's go.